This podcast contains language that is not appropriate for children or for Ken Ham, including twat waffle, cock juggling thundercunt, and the Ark Encounter is failing. More on that later. We're, we're sorry, Ken. Later, well, we we can't. We have to wait until later. I mean, I, it is kind of why I love the internet today and for the rest of my life. Uh, but like, I mean, right? Because it, it fits in that segment. But like, just to anybody who's who's listening now. Like, please listen to the whole episode because we got noticed by the ham himself. <laughs> the, the <laughs> it was a good day. Today was a, today was a really was a really good the, day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, like that's all I'm gonna oh, say right now. But just like, oh, g- give us a sponsor. Give yeah, us a sponsor focus. for this episode. Focus, Broadbent. Focus. Tonight's episode of the Science Enthusiast Podcast is brought to you by False Flags, because everything's a false flag, even the false flags. And yeah. InfoWars' performance art, apparently, because or, Alex Jones once... Or is it? It's, it's, the performance art is a false flag for the false flag of a... in the whole damn thing. I say I'm kind of out of the mindset that almost you can say almost anything is mm-hmm. performance art. Everything is art. Yeah. Life is art. How, Life is art. How, this is art. How deep. How yeah, that is, that's super deep. Existential. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just think that this episode could have been brought to us by like a bowl of chili that's so amazing that it, it could have. There's like, about, there's like, so like, many things. Life. Yeah, and for people <laughs> who may not know, I mean, if you if you are not hashtag blessed enough to know who Alex Jones is in the first place, he's. I don't even know what to call him. The radio He's host, a performance per, artist. Radio, the radio personality uh, yeah. behind InfoWars. And he's also just happens to be going through a custody dispute right now. And of course he's, well, maybe not of course, but he's advocating for himself to get custody. I don't know what he wants as far as custody goes, but he's, there's a dispute of some kind and they're going to an actual trial and his attorney, like verbatim, <laughs> said that Infowar or Alex Jones, his char- is a is a character. Exactly, <laughs> he's performance art. Like that's a yeah. performance artist. Like that's yeah. that's the that's, that's the quote. Yeah. But so now it's it, it puts you in a in a position where like how is he how do again like we go back to how is he going to justify all the world's problems now that. Trump is in charge and that Clinton's not in charge or Obama's not in charge. Like he, there, there's still the same problems that we had before, but now you, you don't have your scapegoat dependent on how, how are you going to justify this? Not that your listeners, not to, anyway, his core listeners are all that concerned with being intellectually honest. But again, like I said, before we pushed record tonight, we could just, we could just talk about this stuff for like another hour totally because there, there's just so much there's so much it's to. like every fucking week is just seriously 2017 what's the damage report today like that what? is our life yeah right and yeah. and then just just i don't even know <laughs> i know and and, we, His, and yeah in the, it, in the in the dep- in the deposition alex jones said he couldn't recall basic facts <laughs> about his kids because, and this is a quote, I had a big bowl of chili for lunch. And if you know, I've ever watched any Alex Jones, like, I wish there was an audio recording of this because I can imagine 
uh, I had a had a big bowl of chili for lunch, and you know how that kind of just messes you up for the rest of the day. I should have had should have had eaten a little lighter if I knew I had court today. He had like chili brain fatigue or something. Like there's this is a new this is a new syndrome now. Like the Alex Jones like chili memory memory what loss. If, I mean, oh, I don't even what know. What if he had what if he ate like chemtrail chili? Chem chili. Could chili? Can we call it? Kachili. What if what if he was poisoned and it was mm. intentional? Yeah. This is how his mind ate, works. Maybe he ate like whatever's turning the frogs gay or something. Too. See, and that could again, be, we could, could we could talk slope. about that because he's not he's not wrong <laughs> <laughs> about, about that. Like again, we could have a whole podcast about that. That That's he's a topic not for wrong. Another podcast. So, he's not, so yeah, and it's it's could, a fascinating thing that's happening and kind of kind of weird, but anyway, we could do a whole Alex Jones episode sometime. But but for now, why don't you why don't you say who we are and what the fuck we're doing? Yeah, we six are. Uh, well, I, yeah, right. Hello. <laughs> it, well, no, we had the outtake. We had that the part that I'm cutting oh, yeah. out where I had okay. to go yell at my cat for, okay, yeah, for making noise. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I talked strongly to my cat because the internet freaks out. Yeah, don't worry. Do a live he, he video did not, on he did skeptical not yell kitten the cat. where he did you not yell where you. Where you slightly raise your voice and they say you're yelling at your cat. Again, we could have a yeah. whole entire podcast about outrage the culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, hello and thank you Anyways. for listening to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Dan Broadbent, and as always, I'm joined by my exquisitely brilliant friend, Natalie. Oh, thank you. I like that one. Glad to be here after that intro. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, I see. I see. Yeah. We have a. <laughs> I don't even. Just tell us about our God of the Week. Okay, so, <laughs> so here, so I'm going to tell you. This is what's funny. So I have this. I have this website that I go to all the time, like to find these gods. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> is it xhamster.com? I don't know what that means, but I think that that doesn't. Oh, that's not something yes. I want to go okay. to. Okay. So well, sorry. So, ask, so ask, ask your parents when we're done. Okay, so <laughs> I go to I go to godchecker.com. And so always, <laughs> not, okay, listen, listen. Not that undifferent from <laughs> X Hamster. Okay. Anyways, every time you go there, there's like a featured like deity of the day. So I just happened to click on it and I'm like, oh, let me see. Usually it, it doesn't pay off, but it's like, it's like the website knew, knew what I was, what I needed. So of course it involves semen. Um, so anyways, I've got this god called Ogo. And it he's listed as the as an African trickster god, but really like he's just kind of a dick. So he is the the son of Ama, the who's the creator god, and of Mother Earth, Mother Earth, who Ama made out of clay or something, because that's how it worked. So Ogo had a twin sister who was born in the same like cosmic egg as him. Co- this this is where everything came from cosmic eggs so his sister like she liked to party she was hot had big boobs everyone loved her but then ogo himself he was just kind of this evil douche canoe dude so i'm going to go back to the egg for a second um so ogo and his twin sister were born from one of the yolks of this like celestial egg and then another set of twins known as the nomo I th- I'm going to pronounce it like that, 
um, they were in like the other yoke. And the Nomo, there were two of them, but I think then they kind of like um like magically sort of reproduced into a couple other sets of twins. Um okay. just because that's how it happens. Um it's so these absolutely as it, believable as yeah, the story just, of the Bible. Yeah, so. yeah. so it it totally is. That's the thing. It's just as believable. So so the, these um Nomo twins. They essentially had to get the job at some point of protecting Ogo's twin sister because, like, Ogo was a fucking dick. So, anyways, Ogo and all these these creatures, gods, whatever, they had to get down to Earth somehow. Um, so, you know, if you're wondering, like, how did Ogo get down to Earth after he hatched from a celestial egg? Because that's the question. That's exactly right what I was you, wondering. I, like, I was, I'm in your head. So he descended to Earth in an arc traveling along the Milky Way, which connects heaven and earth through a form of like a bridge. And he, so he just traveled on this arc down to earth to create havoc on earth. And so right now, you know, Ken Ham is like, not all arcs, like that's not what they all do. So, and again, we know Ken listens to our show. We know, hey, hey, Ken, I'm going to probably say some bad words in the next section. Demonstrably true, like we have proof, we have evidence. Yes, because we don't make claims without evidence, but that's a topic of another podcast. So <laughs> here's where things get a little... <laughs> it never. So, so here's where things get weird with Ogo. Well, weirder. So he was an asshole, right? And he, like all asshole children, I guess, he wanted to overthrow his dad who ruled everything. So you're thinking like, because again, I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how do, how do I overthrow the ruler of the world? And the answer that usually comes to mind is steal someone's semen. So... You can't oh, prove it doesn't. Yeah, you're right, right. So so Ogo, he stole it says like so from the story, again, like there are holes in the plot as I'm trying to figure these stories out. So <laughs> it's a so I learned <laughs> You that, don't say. <laughs> you don't say. So I learned that Ogo stole his brother's semen. So I'm guessing the brother's semen, it was one of those Nomo twins. How did he I extract guess. it? I again I I don't know. But but people don't like we when they're. Ex- I think we should. I think we need to do an investigative report. <laughs> I think on that. we should. I think we and should. The, and the- <laughs> so that's that's another podcast. I will investigate this. I'll go all like Nancy Drew on this and and investigate it. Um. So so this Nomo that I guess got his jizz stolen. He wasn't happy because like no one wants that. Um. So this other god bit off the end of Ogo's dick. And, like, that's kind of where it all ends. And I guess everyone lived happily, unhappily, and, like, circumcised ever after. The end, I'm sorry. That's, I don't I don't think that's how, like, circum, um, circumcision shouldn't happen in the first place unless medically necessary. Yeah. But I don't think that's how circumcision works. I mean, I'm I not a doctor. I've never, I mean, I can try. I don't, yeah. but I don't, I don't want to. But, yeah, circumcision, um... You don't bite dicks off or head dickheads <laughs> off. Don't or... punch. Don't punch people for their ideology. <laughs> don't and bite don't the ends bite of dicks off. Dicks. <laughs> we are. We are just gonna. That's it. Like I alienate I mean, everybody. Everybody. Yes, I know. Send send your hate tweets to at NC Newell. Blah blah blah. That's me. Um, one day they will. So so that's that's my God story. It's like. It's just like the internet knows me by now. And they're like, yeah, let's let's give her something like kind of weird and kind of semeny to share with the audience. So <laughs> This 
this afternoon, we are thrilled to be joined by our friend Nathan Dickey. Nathan, who appreciates nihilist memes, discussions of cannibalism, and really good dad jokes, is also a writer and host of the fantastic Trolling with Logic podcast. And um, Nathan used to be a Christian, like a Christian apologist type of Christian. So um, got a lot to talk about. And uh, thank you for joining us, Nathan. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of the show. It's great to be here. Hey, see, we have we have a listener. I was going to say, first question, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Because semen. I was going to say, come for the come, stay for the... Cub. That is a big that is a big draw for the show. And I would like to say that I merely tolerate dad jokes. I don't necessarily appreciate them. Oh, well, it's okay. That we we will not hold that against you because yeah. So let's let's start. I mean, like did your story um because I mean, I've I've met you, you know, sort of through the internet as a like atheist skeptic, you know, host of a podcast in our little like awesome podcasting world and I would have never expected that you had this whole Christian believer past. And then, I mean, we will, we'll link to it in the show notes, but you're, um, the blog post that you wrote, um, about being a, you know, teenage apologist pretty much (laughs) is fantastic. It's like, it's a fantastic story of this full journey from being a believer to being a skeptic. And yeah, we're going to talk more about it, but I want to just start with like, you said you declared yourself a Christian at the age of seven. So, like, you took Christianity as a, like, factually true, like, worldview, right? Yeah, that's how it was presented. It was um, from as early as I can remember, I was just taught that this is the way it is. So, um, of course, we were taught about faith and what faith was, but uh, whether intentionally or not, my family and my church uh, just emphasize that this is the way the world is. And so uh, as a young child, I just thought that's the way the world is because socialization. Yeah. And so like, so that's the way the world was. And then what was the Bible to you? Was that like, was that real? Like, It was taught as uh, the literal word of God transcribed through human authors and that it revealed the thoughts of God and what he wanted for humans. And so it was uh, to be taken as a guide to life and how to interact with others and um, what to believe. Of course, because you can't prove it's not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) right so so therefore therefore true therefore god wrote or had humans write down all of his thoughts that we just must live by and all of that stuff so did you like people around you were they people and it could have been you could have been your family or people you knew were there people that were like the like god created the world and um noah built an ark and all that shit type of stuff um everybody that i knew growing up believed that stuff um there were no beliefs that differed from the mainstream uh among people that i knew uh it was all um we we 
socialized with people who believe the same way we do. Um, I was homeschooled for the entirety of my K through 12 education and throughout my childhood and teen years, my entire social circle consisted of the Baptist church. My family attended at least twice a week and literally twice on Sundays. Uh, all the kids in that church were homeschooled. So, uh, yeah, I didn't encounter a diversity of opinion until later on. And it's almost like that's by design. Like they want to alienate you from really anything that, that contrasts with what, what they believe. Yeah. It wasn't a cult though. Um, everybody in that church. Oh, those are your words. Those are your words. I did not say all religions are cults. Right. Just Uh, socially acceptable versions of, of a cult. I did not say that. Right. The, the way I described it myself (laughs) might lead people naturally to think it's a cult like setting. Um, it actually, it actually wasn't, um, although it had the potential to become that all the families who attended the church and homeschooled their kids, uh, led otherwise pretty normal lives although um that kind of lifestyle does lead to dysfunction uh, in some cases so you know so you're kind of in this world where you know everyone you know kind of believes the same thing the the kids are homeschooled the families all go to church together everything were there ever discussions amongst the like you and your friends about like hey this this stuff seems a little, little funny. Like God did all this stuff or like what's going on outside of our little world. Like was there internal sort of discussion and questioning among anybody? Um, not that I can recall early on. Um, as I became a teenager, uh, our church did discuss, in some adult Sunday school classes and things like that, uh, what the outside world believes and uh, why, according to them, they were wrong. And so I was exposed to a little bit of outside thought, but always in the context of apologetics. So um, personal questioning was uh, not uh, frowned upon. Frowned upon. I, I don't recall any of my peers actually coming out and asking real serious hard questions about their own beliefs. Oh, no, I was going to say, well, in, you were you were Baptist, right? Yeah. Okay, so that, I mean, that's, I've, my personal experience with Baptist Church is limited to one Sunday in college uh, with a, uh, of course, uh, with a girl. If, if I mean, if you're bored on a Sunday morning and you're awake, like, it's just something unique we'll say is that is that a nice way of saying unique. saying that compared to the typical like what I, I was raised catholic so compared to catholic it was just like whoa so it was some experience for you some like wild exotic i went to a baptist <laughs> church one sunday with a girl it was just it was, it was just i mean i i don't even know how to put it into words here it's it's just they're so just uh we'll say excited about uh about jesus yeah, they're um, it, on fire for the Lord. To, if you go to any Protestant denominational church, uh, compared to Catholics, they will be more <laughs> enthusiastic. But um, within Protestantism itself, Baptists are actually on the more reserved side. Uh, there's the Pentecostals and the Charismatics. Uh, 
compared to the Baptists, they are far more enthusiastic and exuberant than the Baptists were. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that. I, I like, I don't even touch Pentecost. <laughs> it's just, just, not, uh, just stay away there, from there's that. So many, there's so many things. Yeah, like we didn't speak in tongues. We actually thought that was a heresy. So <laughs> you're like that's that's a little that's a little extreme for us. Like that's a little too that, crazy. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> a little too crazy. We there's like a hierarchy of like the the crazy shit. So it wasn't Jesus. Like it, you didn't go to Jesus camp. No, no. <laughs> thank God yeah. or thank. It's like it's like uh, what's that guy's name? What's that guy's name? Uh, that makes uh, the long haired like red haired hippie uh, J P Sears like. It's so it's okay for him to like endorse Wu because he makes fun of like all the other bullshit that's uh, yes. that he doesn't believe in the bullshittier bullshit to yeah. his own version yeah. of yeah the more bullshitty yes, of bullshit that. so okay so you're so you're not in full on like Jesus camp mode which is awesome and by the way if anybody is listening to this and doesn't know what Jesus camp is it's my oh, favorite wow. horror film ever but it's actually a documentary about... Oh, I haven't seen this. Oh, Dan. Oh, you need to watch it. It is frightening. And we need to talk about it because it's a horror movie, but it's children going to Jesus summer camp and they speak in tongues. They protest abortion, like with tape over their mouths. It's horrifying. And like, yeah, it's fucking horrifying. So, um... Yeah, watch it. Anyone who's listening, just watch it. Um, and this is a documentary. This it's a, is like it's a documentary. Things it's, that mm-hmm. it's a documentary. So uh, yeah. So okay. So Nathan, at least you weren't doing that. But were you expected to, or did you want to, like, do the whole like evangelism type of thing? Uh, the kind of evangelism I wanted to do. Uh, there are different uh, types of evangelism. One. You, is like you can be a pastor or a minister of some kind. I uh, wanted to go into apologetics specifically, which is a very uh, specific type of evangelism. Can you talk about what that is and and what it's meant to accomplish? So apologetics is uh, from the Greek word apologia, uh, defense of the faith. It's uh, basically... Um, acquainting yourself with all the objections the outside world has to your faith and uh, defending your faith, going on the defensive. And um, it's, it's taking what you already believe and working backwards, uh, defending what you already believe at all costs from uh, any intellectual attacks on it that you encounter so like if if i said you know the like god didn't create the world in like a fucking week or whatever <laughs> like so so what so what like what would somebody say that like back to that then the creationist apologist would then uh launch into um a series of supposedly um supposed evidences that the earth is young and that there are signs of uh, a creator doing things yeah so essentially no uh pretty much yeah but um 
a glorified version of uh because they uh, apologists attempt to uh defend the faith using reason so uh they would uh not rely on the bible um as much as they would rely on supposedly scientific sounding uh, arguments so like the intellectual sounding arguments the way like the answers in genesis website tries to sound where they're like we're all we're kind of sciencey we like science jk we um you know believe the world's really i mean they have it they have a museum so but (laughs) they call it a museum so that means it's a scholarly place where uh yes smart stuff happens People know what they're talking about: <laughs> cowboys and dragons and dinosaurs and all that. Cowboys stuff. and dragons. I will. <laughs> but the reason will, it's strange I, is because uh, the reason it's strange is because intellectual pursuits is and intellectual slash scientific slash philosophical defense is not their overriding motivation. Um, their overriding motivation is to uh, bring people into the flock and grow their religious. Uh, congregation and spread the message of their religion uh, they don't care how they do it they just find that um, because religion has suffered so much well the claims of religion has been dealt several devastating blows from science they feel like uh, that's a worthwhile field to go into and pretend like they're presenting uh, hard intellectual cases for the faith yeah, well, like, um, you know, like the Christian movies where they try to, like, fight the idea of evolution and stuff. Wait, what What was the one that that you just, was it called A Matter of Faith? Is that the one? A Matter of Faith, yeah. Where, like, like, I mean, they're making, like, these Christians are making movies that are essentially saying, like, yeah, you um, science-believing atheists are all wrong evolutionists you evolutionists like like it's like, a derogatory term matter. like okay like like next time i'm like mad at someone while i'm driving i'm just gonna be like you fucking evolutionist like that could be like my new you, swear <laughs> like, <laughs> well no it's like say well it, it's like saying well you human being that's operating a motor vehicle right now like that's it, an accurate statement it's yeah you yeah, know it's evolution it's, is a thing like it happens it's, it's strange evolution was one of those buzzwords that uh had a negative connotation immediately upon use no matter what context you were using in using it in even if you were talking about evolution in some other sense than the biological like the evolution of music or fashion uh it was still uh, a triggering word that uh, uh, people in my church heard it and they instantly reacted they kind of cringed you know and recoiled at the very word because it's like the idea of anything changing and i mean really when you think about it, it's like they're they're basing their their life and beliefs on something that they believe was like you know handed down by god however many years ago and like we are not we are not evolving in those beliefs because you know like that well yeah they, they can't tolerate the idea that we aren't special because it's a cornerstone of their religious worldview that we are special somehow but like are we special pretty much if we're just like straight white men and then everybody like what so like what i'm curious like what were the like what were the attitudes towards like you know homosexuality um just set like sex in general 
women. I bet they were away. I bet they were and, super like, progressive. Away. Like so, you know, just just lay, lay it on like this liberal liberal believing church. I imagine. Uh, not so much. Um, homosexuality was, of course, condemned in the strongest possible terms, which is just par for the course for these uh, uh, denominations, these fundamentalist Baptist den- denominations. Um, and my family and the church I grew up in taught very strongly that sexuality was something God had to be involved in. Uh, <laughs> and right. So that's like... <laughs> When you the, when you put it like that, the rails. yeah. When you put it like that, it sounds creepy. But uh, for myself now, looking at the religious worldview regarding sex from an outside perspective, that's what it boils down to to me. Um, sex outside of marriage was, of course, strongly condemned. That's another typical thing in fundamentalist denominations. But it went beyond that. Uh, in my church, the concept of dating. Uh, it wasn't condemned as inherently sinful, but it was very much frowned upon, looked upon with suspicion, um, strongly discouraged. In fact, I can, uh, I can I can just picture people like sitting, like looking upon a couple like of kid, like fifteen year olds like dating, like what are they doing? Are they enjoying life? Are they um, happy? <laughs> are they happy? That's, they what don't is deserve that? to be happy. What is that? That's thing not too far off. Because uh, everybody in the congregation, everybody who shared the faith, uh, was uh, considered a brother or a sister in Christ. So it was just one big family. One big incestuous. (laughs) (laughs) At least we're consistent. Like that's so, like, yeah. that's like there's there's just so, there's so much incest like involved and like, <laughs> not my thing, dude. We have an entire fucking I, genocide and incest theme park, right? And and like I'm not here to kink shame anybody, but I mean I might make an exception for like this one thing. Like let's let's make that. Was, can we make that exception? Let's make that exception. Take a hard stance and say oh, like yeah. you shouldn't like fuck your siblings, but of course like we're all offspring of. Twice. Twice over. Oh, I love doing this show with you. <laughs> so there there was an alternative to dating, and it was called courtship, uh, which had a specific meaning. Um, essentially, the fundamentalist version of dating. This involved um, seeing someone consistently, exclusively, and over a long period of a year or more. Uh, no sex, of course, during that time of seeing each other. And with a heavy emphasis on being accountable to the parents. So even stuff like uh, kissing and other highly innocuous expressions of physical affection before marriage was frowned upon. Uh, You were supposed to pray very seriously, seeking God's approval of this courting relationship. And um, masturbation was condemned as well. I was was going to ask about that. Um, And because it will, and like, Je- Jen, Jenna. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, let, I'm going to go with um, trolling with logic co-host Jenna, um, who brought that up. So no, mm-hmm. but I would, I probably would have gone there anyways. But I'm going to blame it on somebody else today. Um, we have to bring so, semen into this somehow. We I'll have to. No we have to. But so, so was that like? Was there a lot of like guilt and shame around just like general feelings of like you know, of <laughs> just, just human feeling. sexuality, just, just feelings, feelings, just feelings. All feelings. <laughs> I, I have a lot of yeah. guilt and shame about feelings, but anyway. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, to an extent, when it came up, which sexuality didn't come up a whole lot, but um, I was taught growing up that masturbation, for example, was basically robbing your future spouse of sexual joy because <laughs> you're pleasuring yourself instead of uh, making it a mutual thing that you share. So, like, we only have so much, so much to give, so we have to save it. Like, it, it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> it was masturbation was uh, presented as selfish, essentially. Mm. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, that's, the point. that's the entire fucking point. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Like that's okay. But it was, okay. But it was... be selfish sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, presented as selfish in the wrong way, in the worst possible way of being selfish. As in, uh, you aren't supposed to be selfish towards others uh, usually, and this applies as well. Wow. So, like, it's just it's amazing how, ev- like, every aspect of life is sort of dictated and like looked over by this doctrine that just is god it's no fun they're like <laughs> it no no fun it's like yeah uh, so so you're you're going through like teenagehood and people are courting each other i feel like that's like what the duggars did you know and well look how well they all turned out oh yeah yeah, yeah. so um mm-hmm. like so at what point did you did you start to to see things a little differently? I, I know I read your like the final renewal of your faith because I guess that was something that was routine, like regularly done. You were finally you renewed your faith the final time at age nineteen. So it's like what happened after that? Uh, from that point on, I uh, wanted to invest all my energy in apologetics and not uh, appealing to faith or the Bible or. Uh, general Jesus devotional stuff, just sticking to uh, the intellectual pursuits and defending the faith from there. And that's how everything fell apart. Or that's how my... Because <laughs> you started thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's how my faith fell apart. Uh, uh, the The final renewal of uh, my faith... Uh, was attended with no ceremony at all like i didn't feel anything mm-hmm. uh, nothing was coming through because i wasn't trying to make myself feel anything like put myself into emotional state where i sense god's presence uh, i was gonna say up until that's... we talked it said since god's presence like i was like this is like an episode we can talk about like i feel nothing i <laughs> different podcast sorry different podcast different podcast but yeah so i went to a uh apologetics conference the year before that and uh was taught um it was a week-long where conference was, that basically where yeah where was that this was in seattle washington and it was a conference called really? worldview academy worldview academy it's in, a thing that still goes on every year oh my gosh uh like natalie like i should i take a field trip there and learn wanna apologetics want to go to want to go want to go want to take a vacation well, <laughs> go fund me could you this? could you tell us like i i guess with what you're saying and like maybe somebody who's watching or listening that isn't uh as familiar with like the whole like debate and like arguing and about it and things like what are what's like an example of like something somebody would say and then like you have this uh you know like you said without 
sourcing or referencing the Bible, like citing, like defending something that's completely unreasonable. Well, okay. So is it like, did people try to talk about, you know, someone saying like, oh, you know, homosexuality is not a, it's not a sin. It's like, let's, you know, hey, let's be like, you know. What they would, what apologists of the kind I uh, hung around with would do is say, well, um, it, uh, they would often change the subject first off, uh, right off the bat, <laughs> and say, well, do you believe in evolution? Um, <laughs> when they, if they say yes, the, the apologists would say, well, homosexuality isn't compatible with evolution. Um, <laughs> Therefore, it's checkmate. And they would say, uh, homosexuality aids checkmate because uh, – and uh, one argument that uh, I came across was that um, when Paul in Romans said that uh, homosexuals barren themselves, the penalty for their sin, that this was like a, a reference to AIDS – so that's one example of a, a kind of argument that uh, an apologist would uh, present. Wow. So okay. So you so you go and you learn how to do all of this arguing and all of that. Like, and is it in that process that you're you're thinking this doesn't make sense? Yeah. Uh, well, not initially. Um, I went into it uh, pretty enthusiastically like a lot of the other students who were there, uh, but um, I didn't have any ulterior motives about it because uh, late in my uh, teenage years, I decided I wanted to uh, not just believe for no reason because my parents and my church told me to. I wanted to have a reason you to silly, believe. rebellious teen. You rebellious <laughs> <Yeah>. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why I pursued apologetics in the first place was because I wanted to understand the actual reasons why we should believe this stuff. Um, and so that was my motive going in. And uh, eventually, uh, the more I researched for the purpose of defending the faith, the more I realized that it was just indefensible. Yeah. So, see, and, like, and that is just interesting to me that you, you actually wanted to say, okay, if I'm going to believe this stuff, there better be a damn good reason why and it be, like and this all better make sense and so it like that's why this like your story is interesting to me because you you took a like a skeptical view of it i you know maybe hoping that it would make sense but but so i guess like i wonder like what advice would you give to somebody who who is a believer and maybe having some doubts um, I would say read the Bible from start to finish and not just read it, but <laughs> read it read it as if you were discovering the book for the first time. Read it as if you had never encountered it before and try to the best of your ability to read it without any kind of filter in place, faith or otherwise kind of filter. Uh, see what you find out. Um, uh, as Andrew Seidel has said, the road to atheism is littered with Bibles that have been read cover to cover. And I think that's a very true statement. Well, it, I mean, it makes uh, sense. I mean, and I think I, I think there was a similar like um, Penn Jillette quote where he or he was talking on an episode of bullshit, pretty much of like, like, where do atheists come from? Essentially, it's like people who like people who've read the Bible actually read the Bible. 
and like it's it's not the good book it's not <laughs> not at all it is not the human There's origins some good of... stuff that happens and we can we could just like that, that stuff just i mean that we that was taken out of context i'm sure <laughs> yeah the context argument that was a big one so then so okay so people so re- read the bible and then yes i mean that that definitely i think could do it as far as somebody questioning their faith and questioning what you know they have believed and all of that now we're then were there also like skeptics or atheist writers or any any p- scientists people who were instrumental in your sort of continuing your path to sort of skeptical and rational you know philosophical thought yeah so during my freshman year in college i discovered a book called flim flam psychic csp unicorns and other delusions by james randy which influenced me in a huge way uh, as i'm sure you know uh randy is a magician uh debunks and exposes a wide range of pseudoscientific claims and charlatans uh, he does this better than most scientists because scientists are not trained in the same way magicians are in the art of detecting trickery. So in that book, Randy goes after psychics, mediums, spoonbenders, water diviners. Um, he examines a lot of fringe claims like uh, the Bermuda Triangle, ufology, ancient aliens, that kind of stuff. Uh, this, this book um, was... One of my earliest, if not the earliest, introduction I had to the skeptical movement. And he didn't address traditional religious claims in this book, but I immediately saw the applicability of religious claims to the process he was subjecting all these other kinds of beliefs to. And and it it was an eye-opening realization because throughout my childhood and teen years, I had been repeatedly told by my teachers... Um, that God cannot be put into a box and can't be studied inside a <laughs> test tube, which is a, a peculiar thing to say um, for someone who, out of the other side of their mouth, says that the natural world um, is proof that God exists. So on the one hand, you can't uh, study God scientifically, but on the other, on the other hand, uh, the creation, the universe, uh, reveals his existence. Um <laughs> Because like none of it actually needs to make any sense because we just need to believe, right? And that's where like all the meaning in life comes from, and all the you know all all the good stuff. It's God. It's God, and He just like all the the bad (laughs) stuff. Whatever. Bad stuff is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's our it's our fault, and and we're sinners, and whatever. But okay, (laughs) so so that just made me think of actually a a question that um, that our friend Vance. Vance Crow, Monsanto. Mm-hmm. We just have to say Vance Crow, Monsanto hunk, um, <laughs> most shows. But, um, you know, people seem to cling often to religion and their belief because it's, you know, there's, it's associated with their family, with the idea of community, with the idea of, like, you know, meaning in life, for you know, whatever. But Vance mm-hmm. brought up a question, um, you know, like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to pull it up here. So... You know, say we like accept this nihilistic proposition that life has no meaning, then then does our existence like does our existence matter? I guess. And if you know, does what we do matter? And 
if it means nothing, then are we responsible for anything? Vance, of course, was like posing all these questions, but I guess what I want to know from you, and this is, I think, something that's important for atheists to talk about is like, where do you find meaning in life? You don't have religion, where do you, and you don't have God, where does meaning mm -hmm. come from for you? Well, our existence doesn't matter, and there is no objective meaning to the universe. It's like um, in ancient Greece and ancient Rome, when they spilled the innards of cows and chickens and read the entrails to find meaning. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't actually mean anything, and the universe is the same way. It do, it doesn't mean anything, but uh, we do exist, and uh, by accident, and we have to deal with the reality we're presented with, and that means making some uh, pragmatic uh, choices about how we live our lives, and that involves, to a large extent, creating our own meaning for ourselves while we're alive and dealing with other minds other people and I, th um, I think i think the real answer here is memes and cats memes and cats nihilist as, nihilist as and cats and yeah, actually as, i would yeah, say that as yeah. if if you're watching the video you can see my cat is rubbing his face on my microphone <laughs> and i would also point out that um even in a universe where god exists that doesn't change the meaning equation. So uh, there is probably no God uh, and uh, there is no ultimate meaning, but there is subjective meaning that we can live our lives according to. But say there is a God, um, so what? Yeah. Does, does that change whether <laughs> or not we have meaning? Because if there is a God, either he lets us live our lives the way we want to and doesn't care like the deist god, or if he does care and concerns himself with minutiae like uh, genitals and what we do with them, then uh, that's not meaning either, because he's just trying to dictate via fiat what we're supposed to do, and that's not meaning either. So either way, we have to uh, deal with what we're given um, and make the best of it or not, it's up to right. us. It's our like it's, it's our our choice, and so I mean, you figure we by whatever series of happy accidents or unhappy accidents depends on how, how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. We've like we've all ended up here on this planet having these kind of wonderful conversations with Dan and his cat, and like, but but I think that there's this misconception that like if we don't have this belief in like the sky fairy. Then we're then like then fuck like there's there's nothing we have nothing, but I like I would argue that like because we we don't have the sky fairy we we have to find meaning or we have to find things that matter or like reasons to you know continue this existence in as best of a way as possible like let's not be fucking miserable let's make the best of it all of it. So Vance was asking about that, and um, I think a godless world makes the concept of responsibility more real and more pressing. With a god in the equation, uh, presumably there's something he expects of us, otherwise his existence is uh, not relevant to us. So say the god of Christianity exists, uh, then 
the worldview of Christianity states that uh, we're supposed to uh, fob off our problems onto Jesus and that Jesus's crucifixion is a uh, self-mutilation human sacrifice that we're that he's supposed to be a scapegoat for all of our wrongdoings and all of our sins so that the rapist and the murderer and the pedophile can be instantly uh, redeemed upon praying <laughs> all the, yeah, to all the scapegoat say, i'm super sorry for killing that guy my, my bad. bad yeah and you're in <laughs> that's it like Meanwhile, a, yeah. uh, people who do great humanitarian efforts throughout their whole lives and sacrifice a lot in their personal lives to accomplish great good, the Bible says those people and all the things they're doing are worthless rags. So it's a completely twisted worldview when you really think about it. Well, see, and that's the thing. It's like, and so, you know, key words, like when you really think about it. So at this point, the fact that some of this stuff, like that people can st- will still go to like the ark encounter and think that that's a real like that's a, pretty much a real thing that happened like it speaks and we talk like we talk a- about this a lot on the show that like there's a lack of critical thinking in in the world right now because people are still holding on to these like ridiculous beliefs that make no fucking sense whether it's about science or issues of like social justice tied to religion it, is, it makes no sense it is worrying because there's no way that our country is going to be competitive in today's global economic marketplace if uh the people in this country believe that uh noah and his ark was a real thing that really happened yeah so then i guess the question is like how how does the next generation of like children how do they grow up and do better how do we raise a ge- like a generation of critical thinkers i know it's a huge question but i like just just mm-hmm. any any like thing that comes to mind is like how do we how do we try to like with our time on the planet make it a little bit better so in the area of science education, and there are other areas, but in the area of science education, we need to emphasize the process of science rather than just present science as nothing more than a catalog of dry facts, which is unfortunately how science is mainly taught in primary education, as far as I know. Um, because... right, right, yeah, right, because <laughs> you were homeschooled, so. <laughs> yeah. I've talked to people. Um, <laughs> the best people, the greatest. Bigly. Uh, science is uh, anti authoritarian. Uh, it's about acquiring knowledge based on observation and testing that is performed independently of, you know, prior beliefs or feelings we may have. So, showing with confidence that we can conclude that uh, evolution really happened that Noah's Ark is bullshit, that uh, the geologic column is a thing, and that the universe started 13.7 billion years ago, not 6,000 years ago. Um, Showing these things without appealing to some higher authority and showing that these are not... uh, Real science does not consist of edicts from on high, but that it 
comes from things we have learned via a process that is transparent and that anybody can do in principle. Um, that's the philosophy of science we need to teach in high schools and not just the catalog of facts uh, presented as this is the way it is. Like because, teach the, uh, the method for thinking. Teach the method like, and the process. Yeah. And on the, on the note of philosophy itself, it's an incredibly important tool to have. Um, like, like science, it's a process or method of thinking rather than like uh, a subject unto itself. And its purpose and function is to help us become aware of our own cognitive biases that lead us astray into error and fallacies. So I think philosophy should be taught in primary education. And we need to instill in the next generation and even in our own, among our own peers, that when authoritarians like Ken Ham declare uh, in so many words that we have to trust God, not the scientists... And actually, that is something he has actually said. Uh, he is dismissing your ability as a human being to figure shit out for yourself. And well, uh, and, and what's what just blows my mind about the I mean, one of the many things that blows my mind about the arc is everything. Just like you said, like we need to be teaching people how to think instead of what to think and uh, the explanations behind it. Almost every single display on the actual ARC encounter is just a, this is what this happened or what happened. This is mm -hmm. what, you know, is truth. And uh, the skeptics say this, but that's wrong because reasons, because God. And like, that's literally like the best and most compelling argument they make at all is, <laughs> well, God, no, uh. -uh. Well, the and then, and then they they set it up as a whole, uh, like one world, two views. Like, well, they have their way of viewing things, and so w this is our way of viewing things. And and I guess trying to set up some sort of like you're a bigot if you think you know that we're stupid or not we're stupid, but this belief is stupid. This is something that Ken Ham and other creationists uh, harp upon all the time: is this false idea that somehow atheists and Christians are uh, both using faith. And the purpose behind that tactic is to, uh, if you think about it uh, and consider it, it's really a, a confession of, or it's really admitting defeat because, hey, faith is not necessarily a good thing the believers are realizing it's you know believing without evidence and believing without reasons just because uh and that's not good for us so maybe if we say that hey it takes faith to be an atheist they're they're doing it too it's the argument from uh but they're doing it too basically <laughs> well and they're seeking to elevate their own belief system by even by even saying well this is they have their view this is an equally or you know according to us more valid view because we say it is so they're trying to legitimize their own arguments by presenting it in that manner yeah and i could see that contrast right away when i uh first started uh the questioning process uh one of the first things i did was read as much as i possibly could about evolution and that was a process of discovery because I could see the, the methods and the approach being completely contrary to what I was taught that uh, evolutionists 
approach things. Um, and evolutionist is um, not necessarily a word that people call themselves, but uh, uh, scientists, biologists. Um, the, the way they presented information was completely different uh, than the way the creationists presented their information and different from what they said the, the other side presented it. So um, it, it was it was eye opening, and I learned a lot in uh, in yeah pretty short period of time. So I guess one like one question I have just is it just popped into my mind as you're talking about you know like learning and exploring all these things that went you know contrary to your previously held beliefs and the beliefs of your family, your community, all that stuff. Did you? What was your experience in terms of like your social world, your family, all that kind of stuff as you questioned and then decided, oh, this is actually how I see the world. It's not the it's not the way that I grew up. Uh, my my parents and much of my family uh, remain uh, firmly Christian and Baptist and fundamentalist. Um, Fortunately for me, they uh, haven't gone the route, well, fortunately for them too, I guess, they haven't gone the route that a lot of religious parents of uh, atheist kids do and uh, kind of distance themselves and, on the light end and on the extreme end uh, disown them. That hasn't been the case in my family. Uh, I still keep in touch with my parents, and we have a good relationship, um, even though we have diametrically opposite worldviews, and they know that, and I know that, and uh, we maintain a relationship anyway. Um, my my sister took uh, not the same exact path I did out of religion, but she took her own path out of religion, uh, and um, my four younger sisters uh, still remain religious. Um, so uh, the, the response has varied. Um, my, my dad doesn't talk about religion or philosophy or science, um, those kinds of things. Those don't come up in our conversations. My mom and I have some interesting debates and discussions about uh, what I think and what she believes. Uh, she sends me apologetics books uh, on occasion, which, which I do appreciate and I do read, and because it, it opens up a, a venue of discussion. Um, that's, uh, it, it refines my own uh, views on God and religion, and, it, and our discussions um, hopefully can teach um, her and the rest of my family something as well. So you can read those books and kind of know what the other side of things is thinking and believing. And another thing that I know you like to do to see what the other side of things um, thinks and believes is watch terrible Christian movies. So I want to end oh, this yeah. by you telling, uh, or telling us and our audience some of your favorite awful Christian movies that they should stop whatever they're doing right now once they finish the podcast and, like, and go watch because... Christian movies, for anybody who doesn't watch bad Christian movies or li like listen to god-awful movies or whatever, they're like, they're just a level of terrible that's hard to describe 
until you sit down and start binge watching them, which I do. Um, so favorites. It's the only, the level of bad, it's the only transcendent thing that exists <laughs> is Christian movies. So I, I've, yeah, and I've only watched, I think I, I watched one like two months ago. I can't, I didn't, I don't like movies in general, so I don't <laughs> but, but so uh, I watched I, wa- I watched what right right to believe, and then what was that shitty? Jane, it was a documentary. Oh, uh, a Kirk Cameron one, and I'm forgetting well, the name of it right Kirk now. Kirk Cameron, I almost was said it James Mon- Cameron. Was, was like, it Monumental? Was it like called Monumental or something like that? Because he was going Did to all these monuments to... and found like Christianity in the monuments, pretty much. It was awesome. Yeah, and and it was Kirk Cameron, and he I never can... blinked the entire time, like. The entire movie, he didn't blink, and it was really scary because it was weird. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah, deal with I'm it because it's like yeah. <laughs> I told you to watch. How it do you notice little details? How do you notice little details like that, like the non-blinking? Because he was just freakishly staring at the camera the entire time he was talking, and he's and he's just Kirk Cameron, and he always looks like I don't know. He just he he's a creepy dude, I think. All right, so what are some of your favorite bad move Christian okay, movies? I, I uh, there there's so many to choose from, but I have a special thing for the end times apocalyptic Christian movies. <laughs> um, so my favorite Christian movie of all time is probably A Thief in the Night, which came out in the 1970s, and it had three sequels. Of course, it's <laughs> the it's the campiest, corniest, uh, cheesiest. Uh, series of movies uh, you could ever encounter it's 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 great it has the mark of the beast it has all the tribulation and rapture stuff in it it's got uh in one of the later movies i can't remember if it's the third one or the fourth one but the main character has like a last minute conversion scene because she's been putting off christ uh throughout (laughs) the movies there's always Even an atheist, the right? Is... There's always a non-believer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this movie, these movies straddle a really weird line that Christian movies don't usually take on for themselves. It's the main protagonist um, gets left behind in the rapture, but yeah. throughout the tri- but throughout the tribulation, she doesn't accept Jesus yet. Uh, she just kind of that like, would be pretty com- fucking compelling evidence for me if everybody gets yeah. raptured. Like, oh. Then I'd that's, be like, yeah, you guys were right. That, that happened. Sh- like, yeah. that's evidence. Like, I will change my views now because this happened. Like, checkmate Christians. <laughs> like, you guys were right. I would admit defeat like, yeah, at that. I was like, wrong. You yeah. were right. Yep. All right. Now, nobody nobody wins because now we're, we're still all fucked here. But, hey, you were right. And, you, know, you may or may not have gotten raptured because you know what you did. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you masturbated and, uh, too many times or didn't think about God when you were doing it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I would believe, but I wouldn't worship that kind of God. Because he's a dick. You know? But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the makers of this movie had to present this character, this unbelieving character, as, like, persistent in her unbelief, um, even while everything's going <laughs> to shit around her. And yet she persisted. So uh, she's supposed to be relatable because she's the main protagonist throughout, and she hangs out with all the the Christian people, but she doesn't uh, really take Jesus into her heart, except at the in the very last movie. And I'm going ahead and give spoilers here. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Because <laughs> she takes Jesus. Um, Damn it, Nathan. The, she so she's not a, she's she hasn't 
done the whole Jesus into her heart thing, but she also hasn't taken the mark of the beast. So uh, she's arrested for that latter reason, uh, hooked up to a guillotine. And uh, then something... (laughs) Then something happens, some disaster strikes, and the compound she's in gets deserted or something, and she's left alone, uh, hooked up to this guillotine, and uh, a storm <laughs> comes, and the guillotine blade is about to come loose while she's strapped to the thing. Which also, like, that's that's bad desi- guillotine design. Like, I've not <laughs> built any myself, but, like, if, like, some wind can, like, be like, oh, yeah, we're going to drop this, uh, what, like, 50... Pound it's a little like, precarious now like it's just gonna accidentally fall like that's that's a problem that's a design flaw yeah it's been a couple of years since i've seen it i might not remember all the details of what exactly but happened, still but bad guillotine make design. Sense. it's not supposed to make sense <laughs> anyway so so she tries to get the old salvation prayer out before the blade falls but <laughs> she's just a little bit too late and down the blade comes and she goes straight to hell oh my god Oh, they actually like send her to hell. Yeah, it's implied. That's oh my amazing. god! Oh, it's, oh my gosh! A, I love it. I love it. There's there's I a in in fundamentalist Christianity. There's a strange belief that um, salvation has to be ritualized. Like you have to recite a, a certain kind of prayer. It doesn't have to be the exact like. There, it doesn't have to be. Um, the same prayer for everybody, but it has to, in broad brush outline, in general features, it has to be, you know. Because um, that's how like, much God loves you if you don't say that you love him in just the right like way. You have to, like, fuck you. You have to, like, die the well, right way. Well, like, well it's, just, it, it's, a, it's a, what's called the salvation prayer, and it, it's not exactly the same among everybody, but it has the same basic features to it, you know. Uh, admitting that you're a sinner and asking Jesus to come into your heart because you believe he died on the cross for you, blah, 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 blah. You have to, like... Are we not uh, doing phrasing anymore? (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't do phrasing, Dan. Jesus comes just into your heart. heart. Everywhere. Yeah, so it it doesn't have to be verbal, but it does have to be um, a a very... um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It has you do have to mentally go through it, yeah. wow. and um, yeah. you can't just you can't just believe. You actually have to do this prayer thing. Wow, yeah. So Christianity's awesome and makes people never worry about anything in their life, probably because because God is just loving, forgiving, merciful, all and awesome. Wow. Unless you live in Syria. (laughs) All that stuff. All right. So that's another podcast. How much of a dick God is that, that we can do one every day for like the rest of our lives. But, um, but we're, we're, we're the angry atheists though, right? Yeah. We're so awful. Not not the God that is causing all that stuff. So So Nathan, Nathan. So if, um, if people want to find you on the internet, because we'll, we'll talk about, Dan, we'll talk about death and destruction on another episode and, and how awful God is and we'll get super angry. But um, so Nathan, if people want to, yeah, find your work, like we will, we'll link to your awesome like post about your whole story. But um, you know, where can they find your podcast? What's your Twitter um, name and all that stuff? Uh, well, my Twitter is at the atheist, and that's just atheist spelled with an N at the beginning. Awesome Twitter name. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, thank you. And uh, that, and there's a story behind that. There was a after I became an atheist and was talking to a, a Christian apologist who was very down on me for becoming an atheist. He called me an atheist as an insult. And um, whenever we encountered each other online, he would always say, "Hey, the atheist is here." Well, so thanks for the rad a... Twitter name, dude. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, trolling with logic is our podcast that we do. It's trollingwithlogic.com, I believe. Uh, we're on iTunes and Podbean, and um, I think I think those are the platforms we're on. Places. As far as that goes. Awesome. And I have a Facebook account, a personal Facebook account. Uh, you can add me there as a friend if you want. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. And um, yeah, I'm sure, you know, maybe we'll do some, some trolling with logic, science enthusiast crossovers in the future. Watch a bad movie yeah, or something. Yeah, I hope so. You know? yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having me. This week, the reason we love the internet is because Bizarro Senpai noticed us. He did. Can you can you tell everybody like, who that is? Bless his heart. Like bless it. Like Father, Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, all three. Or is it Holy that Ghost? Holy Trinity. I, is it, well, or is I, it the Holy Ghost? I, I never know. Like I hear people both? say I mean, both I ways. Like, yeah, I, I I always went with. I, I think like I it think was there's spirit a, for me in Catholic school. It was spirit for me as well when yeah. when I almost went to Catholic school, yeah. but I think I think there's a fundamental difference between a spirit and a ghost. A spirit is not, I, I guess, though you could say like, oh, I was haunted by a spirit. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. not, neither one are like real, but yeah. people say that and people say that they are. But you don't see many shows on like sci sci fi network for spirit hunters. It's always ghost hunters. So maybe ghosts ghosts are just like like the hot chick in school and like spirits are like just the one that's got a lot of personality and like whenever she gets to college she's gonna figure out like you know people actually enjoy talking to me and then she's gonna become like the cool kid in college but she's just got to push through. anyway topic of another podcast yeah yeah <laughs> so, so, so so as let's, let's as talk you, about this yeah so as you know uh, dedicated listeners you are familiar with our friend of the show. Andrew Seidel. But he's, uh, of course, uh, attorney for the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Uh, we did, he shot a commercial at Ken Ham's Ark Encounter down in Kentucky or over wherever you are, or maybe like under, maybe if you're on the other side of the world. And we had him on the day that it came out a couple weeks ago. And... It was a solid, like, 20-minute talk. I, I thought I felt really good about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken did not like it. And he didn't yeah. call us. He even, he even, so I don't know when this was. I know he, but he posted this blog post on, what, April 15th on the answersingenesis.org website. If you have never been there before, Be the, go buckle there. in. Go buckle there. in. And you, you yeah, De- it's, it's it, like, it is such a rabbit hole because, of course, of course, I was just going to say it is a rabbit hole yeah. in true like pseudoscience, like woo bullshit fashion. 
nothing leaks links externally it everything links to itself on its own website and it is so beautiful it is it's a circle jerk of creationist logic that is just captivating see you always have to bring it back to to semen or penises but he had a we're we're miss newell we are moving on with the show (laughs) the the man is talking (laughs) oh god we so it starts out and I love that they did this because he's on a sta- like Ken's on a stage here. The, there's a full 20 minute video, 18 minute video. Sorry, 18 and, minutes and can we of, talk about of him talking about this to, to a full in a house, staff to meeting, like a full fucking house, to like a, is- a jam packed house. They added seats <laughs> to the side. There are people standing. <laughs> they added seats. He's got at least like at least 100 people, maybe 150 people in this auditorium for a staff meeting. Oh, he's real. on a stage. Yeah. He's mi- yeah, he's on a stage. He's mic'd up. It's like the very first thing that you see in this video. And I saw that and I go, oh, my God, he did not talk about us in front of all these people. And he sure did. enough. He did. And he, he did. showed like three minutes of our podcast to these people. Like, and he's, I haven't had like a chance to watch it. Oh, oh. Yes, it was. Like, like our faces, our faces were there and we were talking and like, I was, we were all talking badly about him, of course. And like, he's showing it. But then can I just tell you, cause you have to, you have to watch it because. Oh, I'm going to, it's going to be incorporated yeah. into our introduction. Yeah, I can only imagine him saying the science podcast. No, the it's science not podcast. the fucking name. It's not the fucking name. But it's the science podcast. He calls us out for our like for our profanity, of course. And then like he's he essentially is comparing like it's almost like he's comparing himself to Jesus. And he's like <laughs> and he's saying that we're like denying all this stuff and like it's I mean, you have to watch it. And to anybody who's listening, we will link it. And like you have just if you fast forward to like 12 minutes in, that's when he really starts talking about us. And I like I I was so happy by the like about this, like or like this is ridiculous and amazing. And I'm super stoked that like we triggered Ken Ham. Sorry. Ken. Oh, my gosh. But like. Like we did. I invited him to come on the show since I, he's if we're yeah. if we're going to try to I, I, he's the the I narrative they have is the is one uh, one of one of victimhood, but mm-hmm. there he if he if his argument if he's going to say that we're trying to silence him we're trying to shut him up, come on our show, Ken. Like we're here. Like we'd love to talk to you, and it would be respectful. And like I said mm-hmm. on Twitter, we won't even swear once we won't like i will make natalie not talk about you know those those nasty no don't you no not even now not even now we're trying to we're trying to court ken ham okay so we need to be on our best behavior we we need to demonstrate that we're not going to talk about a a body part that you know roughly 50 percent of people have yeah apparently it's uncomfortable to say to say the word penis even though it is it is no different than saying arm or leg or head right it Uh, is just a part like it's not a big deal but you know if if we're gonna get uncomfortable that's fine that's fine if we don't want to i i can't i can't imagine why we we'd want to do that i want i want ken i would like ken to come and talk to us and like just just have a have a respectful dialogue and um talk science because he's into science Yes, he was a. Ken, Ken he was asserts a, that yeah, he was a teacher. He likes science, and so he he obviously would want to be on the science podcast. So <laughs> so Ken, I know you might be listening. 
And we want you to be a friend of the show. You're already a fan of the show. So be a, fr- be a true friend of the show and, well, he and has, join us for a conversation. He has, yeah, he has a Bachelor of Applied Science with an emphasis in environmental biology from the Queensland, uh, Queensland Institute of Technology. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. somewhat, somewhere in there, there's some, there's some science knowledge or, at least, or maybe or at least awareness that it exists. So, yeah, so we can we can chat about it. And um, yeah, so if anybody's listening to the show and would like to help us make this happen, like tweet at Ken Ham. Tell him he should come on the Science Enthusiast podcast and like, let's, or let's do it. Or the Science Podcast. Happen. Or the Science Podcast, whatever, whatever. So, um, so you know what? Like, I just love- real, this is why we love the internet. And you know what? You know yeah. why else I like, I love the internet because like around this thing is like all of our friends totally understand how like, ridiculous and funny and like kind of cool it is that this happened so like well and i love it's, our friends he's so too. he's it, so for, for somebody yeah yeah for somebody who's who's wasting so much taxpayer money for someone who you know, he's he says like in his little blog post here that uh ffrf is outright lying like not mm-hmm. sure that you could actually like support that statement kid but for as for as much like resources public funds uh, and even getting getting the small town that he he's in excited about oh we might actually have more than just a gas I'm sorry they have two or three gas stations uh, I visited all of them <laughs> not disparaging the great people of uh, Wherever'stown Kentucky uh, <laughs> Wherever'stown just it's Kentucky it's I think just, it's Williamstown or Williams Williamsport anyway I digress. But you're essentially manipulating all these people by by lying to them and using them and getting their hopes up to like reverse science people. But the, my 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 favorite part about this is below after the video, <laughs> he says, <What>? "Actually, <laughs> I just love like the but actually, but actually." <laughs> actually we need to be praying for those involved with the ffrf they are lost people who love quote darkness rather than light unquote john 319 and are rebellion against god so either god like planned for us to uh you know disagree Rebel. or he yeah. can't he can't stop us from disagreeing or rebelling against against god um i don't know which one it I, is who even because knows? i don't know he, uh, Why not both? And then he goes, as you can see from the video, they are, quote, willingly ignorant, wouldn't it be willfully, I don't know, uh, of the truth to Peter 3. Our prayer is that they will repent and put their faith and trust in Christ. Spoiler alert, it's not happening. I, I don't, why would you, why would Just you know. put faith Just in know. a dead guy? Like what do you what are you putting faith and trust into him for? It's a corpse. I don't yeah. understand that statement. Yeah, I know. Well, Ken. But the offer Ken, stands. Come talk to us, Ken. And Get I appreciate it. the thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. That's They're literally just he just literally he just said thoughts and prayers. Like I love that. He totally did. He totally did. All right, so so that happened, and we'll keep you posted if anything else is going to happen from it. So, um, yeah, I got to yeah, talk about at some point that, that give us I, money. Well, I got to talk about. I'm going to the the science march. 
oh, this, this yeah, week, that's right. weekend. That's like, that's like in a few days. By, by the time yeah. this airs, it'll be either, depends days. on when you're listening. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's the magic of podcasting. But I'm going to be in D.C., so if, if you happen to listen uh, before, you know, Saturday, before the March, like, tweet at me or message me or do something, and, you know, we can say, hey, uh, it's not like D.C.'s small or anything, so, I mean, I'm <laughs> sure I'll run into everybody, but I'm going to be walking around uh, with the help of a couple of friends, and we're going to be uh, shooting a video of... Uh, of uh, ho- something hopefully that'll it'll it'll come off the way that uh, we're planning for it to, but we're gonna shoot a video and uh, I'm probably gonna be handing out stickers because like that's how I roll. Yep, that's what the kids say, right? Totally what the kids say. I wish I could be there with you. <laughs> yeah, speaking of kids, my Squad kids goals. are still awake upstairs, <laughs> or at least, or maybe they just woke up and because I'm yelling profanity. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's wrap it up for the kids. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Come on. (laughs) Thank people. And if you listened this far, thank you. Like, you're awesome. Five stars for you. So you should give us five stars since I just gave you five stars. Like, that's how it works. It's called reciprocity. Um, And if you don't want to do that, just tell your friends about us. Or if you like want to send us some nasty grams or thank yous or, you know, what, whatever, like, it's okay. Like, you know, we'll talk to anybody uh, most of the time. You know, you can email us at podcast at a science enthusiast.com and find the full podcast archive at science enthusiast podcast.com, not science podcast, not a science.com science enthusiast can but also, like, if you enjoy the show and you just want to give us, like, gifts of money just for doing the show and helping pay for servers. And, I mean, you can also become a patron at patreon.com slash TSE podcast and you'll get access to early editions of the show, extra long outtakes, videos, live stuff, all sorts of stuff. The stuff there has stuff. There's stuff. You get stuff. The stuff Who has like stuff. stuff? Everybody loves stuff, but we got a few new patrons this week. So, I mean, if you want to be just like Michael or Trevor or Nathan or Alice or Cynthia or another Michael and uh, third Michael or Savannah and Savannah spells her name S-A-V-H-A-N-N-A-H. So we have Sav Hannah, which that's cool. Magnus, real name, real name. I'm not making that up, which is also like. Wow. That's a good name. That's a great that's a, name. That's a, that's, a, that's a good name. I wish yeah. I would have it's contemplated that name. when I was naming my children. Yeah. Like, he's got he's to be a badass. Felix, Amanda, Chris, James, Sarah, or Josue, we would be incredibly grateful. And not to disparage anybody that does not have a name that we did not call badass. Just, yeah. you know, I mean, You're still a step badass. It up. Step it up. Okay. Go by, like, make up, right. make up a name. Make up a middle name. Like, whatever. Nobody's going to check. <laughs> Nobody, no, we're not checking. We're not. <laughs> I'm not the government. <laughs> we're not asking for birth certificates. Like, <laughs> that's not part of this show. Topic of another podcast. Topic of all another right. podcast. Topic of another. Podcast. Yeah. All right. So I'll I'll hit you with a quote just to you know. To close yeah. Hit us with a quote. Out. So, all right. So that which can be asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. Thank you, Christopher Hitchens, and um, you know. So timely. It is. It's timely. I just. I just figured, why not? 
Tonight's episode of the Science Enthusiast Podcast is brought to you by false flags, because everything is a false flag in InfoWars. My, my fucking cat is trying to get into the goddamn bag of food I just bought him as if he's like not eating all day. So God fucking damn it. Like, give me a second. That's a, is that a false flag for something? No? Give Go. me a second. Take care of business. And they keep coming back. And they keep coming back. We don't do phrasing. There was an attempt. Definitely. That's all we could ask for. <laughs> the music you heard tonight was written and performed by Adam Johnson and was used with his permission. You can contact Adam at adamjohnsondc at gmail.com. This podcast is property of Not Narrow or Straight LLC. All rights reserved.